The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics. Our host, a friend of Medjugorje, uh, for those of you that heard the 25th show uh, from this past Monday, he is out of the country right now uh, with some of the Caritas community and Maria working on a few things in Italy. Uh, he is soon to be heading to Medjugorje and will be present during our final pilgrimage of the season. Hopefully be bringing to you something from the second of the month uh, while he is there speaking to the Caritas group. What we're going to do is we're going to bring back for you a show that we did. It was actually a very important show that we did in 2008. And uh, it was a show that a friend of mine, it was called The Financial Disaster, uh, October the 10th, 2008. It's interesting to hear the climate of what people were thinking and feeling at that time. So Frank's joining us as well. Frank also had joined us uh, for the show in 2008. And uh, Frank, I don't know how much you remember from that period of time, but yeah, I remember it well. I remember doing the show. I remember that it was the biggest financial crisis since 2000 and 2001, and people were very concerned. Yeah, and so yeah. we're going to hear an excerpt from that broadcast, and uh, it begins, a friend of Medjugorje begins by 
having one of the Caritas community members read some letters that people were sending to us regarding the financial crisis that was going on. Of course, this is 2000, October the 10th, 2008. And so that's how we'll begin the excerpt. We'll begin with these letters. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje, October the 10th, uh, 2008. It's way too many in number, but it's... It gives a feeling of generally we may have one of these that's read tonight that maybe 20 or 30 questions came in similar to those. So hopefully that will give you some kind of broad idea of what's on people's minds and how this concerns them. And these are people who are following our these messages for the most part. Some people are new or just finding out about it, but they still have been walking with her and they find themselves in, in a situation that's not pleasant. Or they're wondering about their future. And I think this will give you a good flavor where the heart of the people are. So Ruth will let you read these letters. Will my family be okay throughout this financial mess we are going through in this country? Julia from Kansas. With the economic meltdown that is happening worldwide, is this part of the catastrophe that has been predicted by the Blessed Mother? And has Our Lady given any indication of how long she will continue to visit us here on earth? This is from Tony from England. Is the world financial meltdown a precursor to the warnings are there places of refuge? Joanne from Arizona. I would like to know if this economic situation in America is going to stop for the better or if it would worsen Latin American countries. Thank you in advance for your answer. Elizabeth from Guatemala. Joanne from Texas writes, Is a worldwide economic collapse indicative of the coming of the Antichrist? Will we soon all need to have the 666 to buy and sell? Or am I getting paranoid because of the unknown background of one of the presidential candidates? My parents left me money that is invested. Shall I take the whole thing out or wait for things to recover? Jane from Maine. Should we vote this election? Praise be Jesus and Mary. Jerry from Illinois. How should we live and protect our families during this time of trial? Debbie from Ohio. Pat from Texas writes, My husband is on disability and I am on Social Security. Is there any immediate danger of these sources of income going away? Fran from Florida writes, What can we do? My husband has invested all our money in the stock market. Over $300,000. We have only $112,000 left. I am fearful for his health. He hasn't slept more than two hours a night. I watch him cry, but what I try to tell him is that we have a pension and money doesn't mean anything. Is there some comforting news I can give him? My heart is broken for him. I love him and the only thing that matters to me is him. As long as we have each other and God, we have it all. Our world has become too materialistic anyway. Also, do you believe we are losing graces with God? I do. In Christ, Fran. I am a single mom with a child that is just 13. I have to admit that I'm very scared right now for the future of my son. I have no real means of support right now, and life has been very difficult. I have heard that if you are rich or wealthy, you will not suffer in the coming times. I am neither, and worry about my youngest son. He is a really good boy. We are pretty alone. 
My family has little to do with me. My sister is missing. My mom is in a nursing home. And my dad rarely talks with me. So we have no place to go for help. I guess I'm looking for some comfort. Rebecca from Texas. And Kathy from Pennsylvania writes, I believe in the future that we will be going back to a more peasant-like lifestyle. Please give me practical advice on how to prepare for this. For example, buying rural land, storing food, homeschooling, etc. We are a faithful Catholic suburban family with six children. I have twice visited Medjugorje and each time felt like I was home. However, for the last year, I have felt a calling to go with my family to live in Medjugorje. This sounds crazy, but the call remains. Have any U.S. families gone to live in Medjugorje that you are aware of? And are there volunteering opportunities? So this is just a flavor of letters coming into us. And, and again, the situation in some past this office is not a big thing. And, and of course, the media is always ready to jump on the story because they feast on news and the 24-hour news cycles. And they always want to put out in the papers and the general media, it gets their listeners. But we wanted to hear a flavor of the right letters that's coming in us, and we can read it the whole show tonight. And that this is real. People are concerned. Just as the person said that, you know, their husband can't sleep. Two hours ago, he's lost, you know, two-thirds of their income in this latest fiasco that's happened. And so, to put a perspective on anything, people can think, well, you know, are we getting into too many subjects? Are we getting into a subject that we shouldn't be discussing? Because people have that sentiment sometimes in that thinking. And, you know, they, they want to confine the messages of Our Lady to, well, we've got to love our neighbor. We've got to go to Holy Mass. We've got to go to adoration. You are very narrow if that's where your mentality is. And you don't understand these apparitions nor grasp what they're about. We've got to realize that Our Lady is coming for the transformation of the whole world. Every aspect of it. Every part of it. That's from the financial institutions to the financials, the way we do our own personal finances to the way we live, because a lot of things surrounds money. And so Our Lady has a lot to say about this, and I think you'll change your, your mind about how much this does involve the message, in fact, connected to Medjugorje. There's nothing happening in the world in this age that will not be connected to Medjugorje. Everything happening. You know, we begged Our Lady to take some radical actions July 4th in the consecrations, or the consecration of this nation. This nation started having difficulties, now all nations are. And so we've had people come into our mission house in these days saying that they're very concerned. They're praying for the United States, and they say, you know, if you've got a cold, we've got the flu. If you get the flu, we get pneumonia. You die from pneumonia. And there are people really scared and from other countries coming there, and they really look into the United States. Now, we're not God, and that's part of the human nature of this age that we've got a problem with, is looking too much to the wrong things for help. But at the same time, we are the only nation on earth that is built on the foundational principles of Christianity. That means that in our law, who we are, what we're a foundation for, was based in principles of Christ. Our law, everything we do, is rooted to Jesus Christ himself. Very identifiable, very there in the history of our country. The deniers, they want that, the naysayers, but it's just simple. You have to look at it. Now, what have we done as Christians to, to hold that? Much of this is our fault. We have to realize that the principles, biblical principles, protect his people, who are his children, who follow him. Israel showed us this repeatedly. You will be protected. Why are we not being protected? Why are we suffering? 
we have to see too that while the Assyrians were risen up to afflict their damage on the Israelites, it was for their correction. So we're suffering from some corrections that we can have contributed to by being laissez-quasi, not seeing what's going on. But, but for us to correct certain things, we need to first correct our own house. So we have to take our own personal responsibility for where we are in the state that we're in and the conditions we suffer from today. At the same time, it's very important to be educated about when some of these things happen. We need a new mentality. If we don't know our past, we won't be able to affect the future. And none of that is useless without prayer and fasting. That's, that's the guiding force that gives us the ability. The ability to do what we do and, of course, stability. So it's very important that we grasp why we're in this condition, how we got there, and what's, what's been happening to us. We have, we have placed up idols ourselves. Uh, there's a Christian writer by the name of Philhan who said, We Christians lean on so many things other than God every day. If we're going to be obedient, understand what God is saying to us, through his time in history, we must first examine our hearts and confess where we have built our lives around these idols. He goes on and says, Now money, conveniences, and security aren't bad things, but our craven fear that they may be at risk points out that they are just conveniences. We actually trust in them. In fact, we worship them. If we are honest in the quiet of our hearts, we must admit that we depend on these things in a way that we don't truly depend practically and logically on God. Now, we might be shocked ourselves when we place ourselves or we place God beside our money, our conveniences, and our security, and we ask the questions, which do you depend on? Which do I depend on? It's an easy answer, even easy to accept without troubling our conscience. You know, because we can rationalize it, we can say, well, that's not our, we can push that thought to the side, that we have money, uh, we have to have money because we have to have a house, we have to have clothes, etc. But under close scrutiny, we have to see that we do put things in front of God, and we have to think we need money. Yes, that's a given. That's not in question. God gives it. After all, you know, the conveniences and security is from God. That's what we were just talking about. If we follow God, He gives us that. But then, can we think we've placed God's blessing in front of Him? So are we appreciating the giver or appreciating the blessing? And who's first, the blessing or God? And it's easy for Christians to go through this cycle. I've written about it before, the three S's, sin, suffering, salvation. You go through sin, you suffer for the sin. When you suffer, you get on your knees and you bring salvation and you start the cycle again. Every generation has to go through this renewal. The trouble is now, we're in a different time of a generational being that all generations preceding has never entered into. So we're a tremendous, powerful generation that has the ability to destroy the world, or the world as we know it. And Yvonne himself said, had our lady not come, the world would have destroyed itself. So we've got to be honest in the quiet of our heart and see who we depend on. A Reverend Tim Kelly states, we can best identify our idols by the pain we feel when they are taken away. Now, we need to think about these days and what's happening in the stock markets or our investments or our 401ks and, and our future in general, just as some of the letters going in. And this is not to condemn anybody. A lot of people have made mistakes. They've chosen the wrong path. There's bad chances in life that they've had. But there again, we've been asleep. We haven't been in prayer. We haven't been seeking the Father. And so we need to identify those idols and the pain when they're taken away to see how powerful they are. He goes on and says, 
Uh, Reverend Keller says, the more you lean on something, the harder you will fall when it is unexpectedly taken out from underneath you. So what's in your life, you have to ask, if it suddenly is taken away, would make you realize it's a false god. Because even God's blessings can become our idol. Israel has constantly gone through the cycle of what I just mentioned, the sin, suffering, and salvation. And we got to realize these things are history. And so if they're history, we can know that we can make that mistake in the future. And so Israel constantly has to be looked at in, in, this, in this perspective. We have some words of the visionaries we can really look to and see what they say about the materialism. Our Lady has a lot to say about it. She, she actually says that she identifies as one of the sicknesses that afflicts us. And materialism comes from the commerce. It comes from this system that we've built because we want. You know, the, the profusion that we want more and more. We've talked about that several shows ago about profusion. Profusion is actually defined as more, more of everything, more leaves on a tree, more cells in the leaf, more population, more cars, more more materials that make up cars. You know, everything since the beginning of the world is profusion. And our since 1970, on a graph, if you grade profusion from 1970 and from the time of Christ, it's flatlined all the way to 1970, and it shoots almost straight up exponentially. It's going so fast. And with this profusion, we have exponentially, the growth of it is so high that there's no way to measure it. It's moving at such a rate, and new things are coming, and more is coming. So as we get more profusion, or actually profusion, more and more and more is layered onto the top of the next layer. Now, with each each more, or each bit of profusion, comes fallenness. Everything has fallenness. And we're getting up where the futurists have this whole mathematical equation that they say is close as 2010, something fatal, catastrophic, is going to happen. Now, they're not using God in the Bible on this. They're saying mathematically that the, the numbers are showing that one thing, because they're all so integrated, one thing can bring the whole thing down, and from one moment to the next, catastrophically, the world would change. Now, how can you explain that? I, in reading this book about hurling toward oblivion that Dr. Swenson wrote about this, who's a futurist, I, I equated it this way. you got a car engine. you got a thousand parts. One part goes bad, the engine quits. Well, 999 of them are working. Now, we go through society, and we're trying to create more things to solve more problems, but with that, everything has more fallenness or more flaws, if you want to say. But it's item fallenness because we fell in the Garden of Eden. And since that time, fallenness has come into every bit of more. It's lower in the good that the new invention or the technology or the advance may have, but there's still that fallenness. And the number of fallenness is also exponentially increasing to where futurists are mathematically calculating that we're on the verge of something drastic happening. And the conclusion Dr. Swinson had in his book is that God is up to something. Now, this guy don't know nothing about all these messages. We know about the three admonitions. We know about the secrets. And it's a fascinating read. But my point is, is we're seeing things now happening, and everything, as I said in the beginning of the show, is connected to the presence of the Virgin Mary being in the world every single day. She can't come in her holiness, the holiest thing that happens to the earth besides outside of Mass, but she's coming in a way that's exorcistic. Every flaw, everything wrong is going to be purified. I think it's important to, to hear what these visionaries say in regards to 
the wisdom they picked up from her lady. There was an interview done with Ivanka, she's, and she was asked, what about luxuries? Ivanka says, when a person is too comfortable, the spiritual life can decline. That is why the Blessed Mother asks us to fast. She says, a person who does not fast does not know God. She's questioned, do you ever think about fasting? Before the Blessed Mother began to appear to me, I thought of it often. After my prayer life grew, following fashion became boring. The question, fashion is transitory. Life, everything on earth, isn't it? Yes, now I'd buy nothing that I do not need. Yaakov was interviewed. Now, keep in mind, Yaakov at this time was around 17, 18 years of age. A 17-year-old out there does not know these kinds of answers. He doesn't have the capability. It's simple, but, it's, but you can see... And these are the things that prove to me they see what they say they see simply because of the wisdom and the answers. Yaakov is asked, Yaakov, do you have a relationship with the Eternal Father? He answers, yes. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. He who sees me sees the Father. He's questioned. You said the Blessed Mother wants to make your heart a tabernacle where the Holy Trinity likes to dwell. Can you tell us a little bit about that? He says, I'm not sure, but it's a process. The human heart is filled with longing that at first just involves people and things. The purpose of the people and things is to show us the providential care of each of us by God. Many of us don't see that. We allow our hearts to get attached to the people and things for themselves, not as gifts of God. When that happens, we lose our hearts and the people and things. He's asked, are you saying that we, in effect, lose our freedom? Yaakov answers, in a way, yes, because our heart is no longer ours, and things and others control us. Often we don't even realize this has happened. Question, what kind of freedom are we talking about? Answer, the freedom to choose God, to give God first place in our lives. Question, you're speaking of interior freedom, aren't you? He answers, when my heart is all mine, I can choose to love with a love that is untainted by false attachments. He says, why are the attachments false? Because they are only illusions. God is the source of love. All love comes from God. All that is made comes from God. When I open my heart so that the God of love can enter, then it drives out all the false illusions and false attachments. My heart becomes a conduit to which love of God flows, and it flows through me to give it to others. I myself am filled. Yaakov, we have been told that all God's children hears His voice in the quiet of their hearts. The response of His children in His call is known only to Him alone, alone He judges. And so He answers, People have the law of God, which is the path to heaven, written in their hearts. But the Blessed Mother is often sad. She often cries because so many reject God. They choose monetary pleasure and toss God and God's ways aside. He admits, I do this myself, Yaakov answers. So He's asked, What advice do you Give from the Blessed Mother. And he answers this. If your family owns very much, limit the use of these luxuries. Give away what you do not use and share what you can keep. If your family has little, enjoy what you have and share. For those who trust God's providence, who pray and fast and forgive, who share the talents and goods he has given, their hearts are at a center of peace. For those who do not trust God, who do not pray and fast and forgive, and who refuse to love and share their hearts are a, a pit of anguish. The Blessed Mother says that they are the ones who know God's love. Those who love God 
are a sign of his love and his peace. So Yaakov is clearly showing that the material things that we have block God in our heart. And he's the eternal love. He's the thing we should have. And so we have a system today, a financial situation that's been brewing at the same time to understand that a lot of what we suffer from is our fault. It's through materialism, through consumerism. We have made this situation because we wanted it. The Syrians afflicted Israel. We're being afflicted. And the first people we have to look at is not the criminals on Wall Street or not what somebody's done or, or all this stuff we've read about Fannie Mae and all these things. Sure, it's corrupt. That's not in question. But what part have we played into it? What have we contributed? Uh, it's amazing to me that people don't even have the discipline or the knowledge to understand that you just don't go buy anything because you got credit. I mean, where did that happen? Why is somebody blaming somebody else for it? I mean, each, each of us are responsible. We're going to stand in front of Christ at our judgment, not with everybody else and what they did and why they did what they did. It's me, myself, and I. And so we've got to really start looking at where I need to be and improve. And that's the first thing to change in everything. So God draws near when we follow his way. And if we keep going against him, then he withdraws. And what he withdraws from is going to collapse. And there's no way God's in the system. So what's the stopgap measure is to safeguard what you got and get this into the bridge that leads you to something you can do two months, three months, five years down the road. So it's a mistake to view God as wrathful or vengeful. We see this in the scriptures, but He's far from that. He wants us to seek his blessings on a daily basis. He wants us to bestow the blessing upon us. And he wants our hearts turned toward those things and replace those things with him and his blessing. And how much the world has changed in the last seven years or so uh, since this broadcast was aired. Uh, Frank? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really an incredible show that you picked today. And I think more important than any of us can realize you know, we're at another 2008 point, we'll say by biblical law, natural law, nature's God, and we haven't realized everything because of how things are controlled. But a friend of Medjugorje mentioned something that I, that I want to, I want to touch on just a, just a few things that are tremendously prophetic from this show. One, he said, something is going to happen in 2010, and I'm just going to name a couple. And then he said that Dr. Swenson said God is doing something huge, and God has done something huge to protect us, and then I would also point out that after this show, the Dow had a record, and it still stands today. It was the most points the Dow ever went up in the history of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the, the main indicator that you look at for stocks. So for an example, if this one letter that had 112,000 left, you may have had 120 or more after the, that day. If he had done what we recommended that day and put it into silver, he may have 12,000 ounces right now, which would be around $200,000. But we're at a low again. And because silver's controlled by an unnatural presence, something like you may look at a robotic arm putting a beach ball, trying to push it underwater, eventually that ball is going to pop up. And this is what's going to happen when natural law takes over with the markets and particularly silver. But what happened in 2010 is on May 6th, we had the flash crash. And we don't know what happened that day, but we know the, the stock market came out of control and they lost control somehow. And it dropped a record number of points and the show was called It Ain't Gonna Happen, another prophetic event. And we didn't know until today that a friend of Medjugorje told us that something dramatic was gonna happen in 2010. 
And somehow, by the grace of God and the magic of fractional reserve banking and, and numbers manipulation and the global system, they were able to save it and bring it back. And it all happened within seconds. And it is a grave and serious warning. I'd really like to take every question that was answered and address them, but I don't have time. If somebody would like to go back to the show and pick out the ones they want answers to and call me, I'd be happy to go over them. But uh, Well, it's amazing because people, how much people have changed since the October 10th, 2008 broadcast, which is the excerpt that we played for you today, uh, how much of a difference uh, people have taken action uh, in doing things like similar, like what you're doing, creating a community modeled after what Our Lady established here, people who are doing things similar to this throughout the nation and throughout the world, people who are taking action uh, who would normally not be involved in political discussion, economic discussion, or events in the church that are now getting out of the psychology of non-involvement. It's, uh, it's amazing to see, even also in Medjugorje world, people's mentalities that are changing. It's pretty interesting that he mentions uh, that if you don't think Our Lady is here to speak about these things, such as the economy and so forth, you have a very narrow view of the message. And it's, it's the people we're talking to now their mentalities have changed so much that it's now becoming second nature for them to speak about these kind of topics in light of the message. Several years of transformation in their mentality that has changed through listening to these broadcasts and understanding that, yes, Our Lady is here to speak about these things and to speak about these topics. Yeah, and it's very interesting that some of the questions are still the same today, but all of them needed to be acted on then, and they need to be acted on today. The, the questions that are being asked are very real. The, the, the fears, if you want to call them that, or the concerns that they're seeing are very real, and they need to be acted on today. And the other thing that happened in 2010 that was miraculously saved, so we have a, a stock market miraculously saved. Our Lady somehow has bought us a little more time. Um, it, it should have happened. You know, profusion, mathematics, everything's telling us, but Our Lady saved it. The other thing is the silver came out of control a little bit. This is a controlled market. It's suppressed, like the image of that beach ball being pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. And it is even depressed now below the cost of mining. And it was very depressed. I would mention a few days after that show, we know the Dow made a record. A few more days, silver hit a low. So it's actually perfect timing for what it was a fundamental glory was doing. But now silver starts to, to come unglued. The book was released. On June 25th, 2010, it ain't going to happen. And silver starts to break through the, through the 20s, where there was a, a lot of resistance. It hadn't been this high since 1980s. And then it, it shot right up to $50 in April of, of 2011. And so here's another event that should have been ca- catastrophic. And by all markets, by all history, the next time silver comes unglued, it is likely to be a historic event. This is, Our Lady has bought us some time through prayer and fasting. She says, you can avert the laws of nature. The laws of nature have been averted by your prayers and your fasting and following Our Lady and being obedient to the commandments. And so this is another thing that we should take very seriously. The scripture that Our Lady leads us to is to not worry, but the birds of the sky, God feeds them, but they work. And they, they're obedient according to na- nature's God and natural law. We, I'm very sorry to say, are moving 
our government is moving away from these foundations of natural law and nature's God. And we have to move. We have to separate ourselves. It is a, a very particular time, and it is a very dangerous thing to think that you can somehow be taken care of outside of natural law and nature's God. There, there is no way. And so this is the purpose of the miraculous metal nudge you go around. This is the purpose why I was helping people with silver on that day in 2008 when I was doing it very passively as, as, a, as a favor to a friend of Medjugorje and his, his followers, as particularly field angels who have been supporters of this mission, and do it now as a ministry. So these are things that you don't want to take half measures. You have to understand a system is operating outside of natural law and nature's God, and it requires our response. And I think these are the important things to take from this very prophetic show that was that was followed by a record of the Dow, and it, and it wasn't we weren't doing Medjinomics back then. Remember, this was just something yes, that it's uh, about a year before Medjinomics was we had started Medjinomics. Yeah, it was on a friend of Medjugorje's heart that he wanted to share with people that were in crisis and really, I mean, feeling very desperate. And you can hear it from the letters. But we're in another cycle like that. We're in a cycle where unnatural forces have brought silver to this tremendous low again, and it. It will come unglued again, and it will rise. The train will leave the station. We don't know when, but the last time we had a show like this, it was a few days, and the low was, and that was the last opportunity. We we don't know. Our lady's been very good to buy us this time. So for so if they wanted to look at transferring their money into the miraculous metal Medjugorje round, uh, how might they do that? Well, you can call us toll free eight seven seven nine three six seven six eight six. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And uh, certainly we encourage you to do that uh, for the purpose uh, until you can get to a more simpler way of life, as you've heard a friend of Medjugorje say over and over and over again. And toward that end, we continue to encourage you to prayer and fasting and live in the message of Our Lady. As Frank mentioned uh, already, uh, Our Lady had said that through prayer and fasting, you can avert war and suspend the laws of nature. And so things that may not be working out for you, as you continue in your prayer and in your fasting and growing spiritually, you will begin to see that Our Lady will unravel some of those things for you uh, that have been tied up in your lives. And so uh, continue in that, continue in living the message in a spiritual way. Uh, for those who want to go back and listen to the full broadcast of the excerpt that we played, that is the October the 10th, 2008 broadcast called The Financial Disaster. Again, that's October the 10th, 2008, The Financial Disaster. A friend of Medjugorje does mention profusion in the course of this broadcast, and uh, what he had done is he had done a previous broadcast where he had read some excerpts regarding profusion, and then a year later, he did an entire show with an interview with Dr. Swenson, uh, so that was the October 20th, 2009, so a year later, he does a broadcast about profusion, and that's called The End of Life as We Know It, so you're welcome to go back and listen to those two broadcasts and download those two broadcasts. They are two-hour specials, each one of them, and uh, it's amazing also to hear some of the letters that had come in. People were speaking about the elections. That was in 2008. We've seen what's happened since then, and certainly people are discussing elections today, so there's a, there's a lot of similarities between 2008 and what's happening right now and keeping in mind that of course all of this started before Medjinomics was started about a year before Medjinomics was started.
A friend of Medjugorje mentioned a number of broadcasts ago, uh, the New Communities Conference in February of 2016. Um, He's reaffirmed that it's going to be sometime February or March of 2016. So those are the dates that you will want to keep open until we're able to announce a, a firm set of dates for the New Communities Convention uh, it's going to be somewhere between March, February or March of 2016. And this is, of course, for people who want to take action in their lives, to change your lives physically, and to make the messages a physical reality in your life. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave, good day and God bless. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.